and there are so many things still to learn. I ask of you kindly to join with me as we go into the book of Acts chapter number 17. Chapter number 17. We want to be able to look at chapter 17, perhaps for the next couple of sessions, and see what we can get from this particular text as we see the gospel being proclaimed and also being faced with many challenges. And so in Acts chapter number 17, we want to begin the reading from verse number 1 to about verse number 4. The Bible tells us, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. I'm going to stop right there. This Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Now, I want us to realize that in the text, the Apostle Paul, as well as the rest of the apostles, when they went about proclaiming the gospel, they would have met certain people, they would have met certain situations, and they had to be able to deal with these things by allowing the gospel to have its free course in being spoken. And some people would believe in what was said, and some people would not. But in the case of Acts chapter number 17, again we see the Apostle Paul taking and using the opportunity to preach the gospel in certain places. For example, we read in Acts chapter 17 from verse number 1 that he was able to go into the synagogues. The Bible tells us there in verse number 2, his custom was when he go into the synagogue, he would do so three Sabbath days. And in these three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Now, three Sabbath days doesn't necessarily mean one day that follows the next. Because the Sabbath usually comes on the seventh day of the week. So it will be at least approximately three weeks Paul will be going into the synagogues to do what? To reason with them. And that's simply, when we talk about the word reason, it means to think differently. Because God has given us the opportunity and, and the, the blessing and the privilege as a man, as a human being, to think different things with oneself, to mingle thought with thought, to ponder, to revolve in our minds, to converse, to discourse, even to argue. And so in the context, when we see the word reason with them, it means to speak back and forth alter alternately, to converse with, to present intelligent discourse. So Paul's purpose for being in the synagogues would be to teach publicly and to share with them intelligently the things that he wants to make known unto them. This is not the first time the Apostle Paul would be in the synagogues. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 18 and verse number 4, he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. In Acts chapter 18 verse number 19, and he came to Ephesus and left them there, but he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Now one must understand that Paul entering into the synagogue and reading with the Jews is not that Paul was upholding the Judaistic teachings. It's not that he was observing or keeping the Sabbath. It's not that he was trying to instruct them about the law of Moses. Because by example, in Acts chapter number 2, when the gospel was first preached, it was preached on the day of Pentecost. 
Pente 50. And that simply means it was 50 days after the Passover. They celebrated that Jewish festival. So the Jews came from all over the world to Jerusalem at that time. And it's at that time the gospel was preached and the church first began. So the opportunity was given to spread the gospel when the Jews gathered together. Likewise with the Apostle Paul. He's not supporting sabbatical teachings, but he's joining these Jews on the day in which they gather together, the day in which they assemble, because he knew that they were observing the Sabbath. And he used the opportunity upon his garden to do what? Well, Acts chapter 19, verse number 8. We are allowing the, the scriptures to speak for us rather than we have to speak for the scripture. You know, so Acts chapter 19, verse number 8, the Bible says, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So he's not endorsing sabbatical teachings. He's not endorsing anything with Judaism. He's not endorsing circumcision. But the Bible tells us that he was disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. So no wonder when we read in Acts 17 and verse number 2 that Paul, as his manner was, he went in unto them and three Sabbath days he reasoned out of the scriptures. Coming on to verse number 16 and 17 in the book of Acts, chapter number 17, the Bible says, And while Paul waited for his companions, he waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Therefore, as Paul's custom would be, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Oh, Paul loved to have disputes, wouldn't you not say? He loved to, with intelligence, uh, be able to exchange discourse with them alternately on subject matters that pertain to the kingdom of God and pertaining to Jesus Christ. And so that's the reason why we, we come together like this. That's the reason why we share the gospel of Christ because it needs to be heard, it needs to be said, it needs to be spoken of. And so the Bible tells in Acts chapter 17 and verse number 3, there are two words used in the text that remind us of why it is so important for even those who want to share the gospel to study. The scripture says Paul was opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach unto you is Christ. What was he doing? Opening and alleging. The word opening means to cause to understand a thing, to expound, to explain. And the word alleging gives us the idea to place beside or near. For example, when you put food on the table, you put certain things and certain sections. The, the rice would go here, the pie would go here, the chicken would go here. So what the Apostle Paul is actually doing is he's explaining, he's expounding, and he's setting or laying before them the teachings of Christ in a particular order so that they would understand. It is not Judaism any longer that we are following. It is not the teachings of, of Sabbath or it is not any kind of thing that deals with the law of Moses because I'm expounding and explaining before you the things pertaining to Jesus Christ. Now, where did this all come from? And I have to ask myself the question that when we consider the gospel being proclaimed today, I think in more ways than one that we try to make this gospel so technical that it becomes difficult for people to understand. 
And in some cases, we ourselves are guilty of not even proclaiming the gospel as it should. So therefore, in the religious world, it is seen clearly that the pure, unadulterated of, uh, gospel of Christ is being replaced by different teachings. Teachings of the gospel of prosperity, teachings of, of binding and, and, and um, delivering people from all sorts of, of spirits, and we're talking about these things are enshrined within the gospel. Not necessarily so. Because the scripture would tell us plainly when you look at what Jesus said, and when you look at the things that he outlined, what the gospel is going to be based on, we cannot move away from that, but we have to stick to what he said. So let's go to what Jesus said. Is it okay? Yes. In the book of Mark, chapter number 8, verse number 31 to 33, Jesus was preparing his disciples to be able to face the challenging times that will come, but in particular, where his passion and his suffering was concerned, they need to understand the things that he had to go through. Because later on we learned in the Garden of Gethsemane that when the soldiers came to take Jesus, you remember Peter rose up and he cut off the air of, of the high priest's servant because he was willing to defend Jesus at that time, but with violence. But they didn't remember what Jesus said before. What did Jesus say before? In Mark chapter number 8, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said this. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake that saying openly, but Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. Your mind is not on the things that are of God, but the things that be of men. So this is one of the occasions where Jesus was explaining to his disciples that there are certain things that need to happen to me because that's the reason why I came. And sometimes in the gospel of Christ, we seem to miss that that's exactly what Jesus said. Now hold on. In the book of Mark chapter 9, a chapter right after, in verse number 30, to verse number 32, Jesus repeated the same thing to his disciples. He departed thence, he passed through Galilee, and that he would not, um, that any man should know of it. And for he taught his disciples and said unto them in verse 31, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after that he is killed, he shall rise from the dead the third day. But get this now, they understood not the same and were afraid to ask him. That's the second time Jesus mentioned this. Why? He's preparing them for the thing that is to happen to him that they may not fully be aware as to the reason why he came. And so a third occasion arises in chapter 10 of the book of Mark, verse number 32 to verse number 34, where it says, And they were on the way, they were going to Jerusalem, and Jesus went before them, and they were amazed, and as they followed, they were afraid. Because remember, he said to them before, as we go to Jerusalem, certain things are going to happen to me. So as they draw near, they were afraid. And he took again the twelve and began to tell them what things should happen unto him. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man shall be delivered into the chief priests 
and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles. They shall mock him. He's very detailed now. They shall mock him. They shall scourge him. They shall spit on him. They shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. In, in Luke chapter 18, verse number 34, after Jesus spoke those very same words, Luke account was, they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. They understood none of these things. So Jesus tried to prepare them for what was going to happen to him. And that's the reason why we must understand that this gospel of Christ is not something technical so that we cannot uh, understand it. It's not something scientific that we cannot determine it. It is simple. And it's a simple gospel that's going to save mankind. However, why then is something so simple difficult for people to understand and obey? Well, the church in the first century, the church began with the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Christ. In Acts chapter number 2, from verse number 22, the Bible tells us, in Acts chapter 2, from verse 22, when Peter and the apostles stood up on the day of Pentecost, they said, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Verse 24. Whom God had raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. So the rest of the message, the rest of the, the sermon, the apostles Peter and the others were able to elaborate in detail about his death, about his burial and about his resurrection. So at the end of the sermon in Acts chapter number 2, verse number 36, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were pricked in their heart. What does that word prick mean? It means to pain the mind sharply. It means to agitate vehemently. It means to express such emotion of sorrow. So in the context, to be greatly pained or deeply moved. They were deeply moved by the facts that was presented to them concerning Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And so they responded by asking the question, the very important question, men and brethren, what shall we do? In Acts chapter 8, verse 35 and 36, it was told uh, by the Ethiopian eunuch when he was preached the gospel. P uh, Philip opened his mind to the scriptures and he preached unto him Jesus. And then he asked the question, what does hinder me to be baptized? When the jailer saw the event that took place when Paul and Silas was in prison and, and the prison door shake and were open and they realized that something happened because the jailer was sleeping and he was awoken out of his sleep and he said, he saw all of these things. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? God wants us to be pricked, to be deeply moved in our hearts. Every time we hear the gospel, we need to be moved. And so this is the reason why when the gospel comes to us, God doesn't want us to just remain where we are. We must be deeply moved. We must be pricked in our hearts to do something about that gospel. So the object of Paul's preaching or teaching 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, Paul says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you. I resolved not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. So now you understand, what was Paul reasoning with them? What was Paul, every time he went in the synagogue, what was Paul expounding and laying before them to understand? That Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. That is what the message is about. So when you read the book of Acts, it is about the gospel of Christ being proclaimed. And we are praying that you would not only hear this message, but believe in Jesus. Repent of your sins. Confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be baptized have your sins washed away so that the Lord will add you to his church. Because why? You obeyed the simple, unadulterated, pure gospel of Christ. I look forward to speaking with you another time on this same topic from the book of Acts chapter number 17. So may God bless you and keep you. Stay safe. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe What the Bible tells me I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe That he died on Calvary I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe That he came to set me free in me So I might live with him in glory I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe